This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline. We are live from the four corners of the world, and this is a special edition a one-year edition of Moneyline in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind, at Josh Jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's going on, Jerry? One year, my man. We made it. We made we it. Made Mama, it. we made it. So I, w- I woke up today, and that's the first thing that popped up on my Facebook timeline. You know how they give you the, the, yeah. the flashback? And one, a year ago, we were talking about the shows going to launch. And we were hoping that we could make it this far, and here we are yeah. coming up on another football season. It's crazy, man. Remember we did the uh, listener appreciation party last year, and we hadn't quite started yet, right? We were like a week out or something like that, and uh, the listener appreciation party going to be next week. So, yeah, man, it's been a year. It's crazy. It's gone by fast. Behind the glass, rocking it from 10 to noon every single Sunday with us at Carlson Radio is where you can find them on Twitter. Andrew! Andrew! Congratulations, guys. It's been a fun ride so far. It's wild. Time flies, right? Yeah. It just, whenever football ended, it it seemed like football was so far away. And now that it's here, (laughs) the season goes by so fast. So here we are again, 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on the fun today, if you want to talk about, if Moneyline's helped you, for example, and... This week, uh, this weekend, I was out at the Waterburger Fan Fest and yeah. ran into a lot of money liners, man. And they they had a lot of good things to say, not only about us but about the entire station. And like I told them, those guys, uh, because they talk, uh, they paint a big picture of what they are on air. And I said, if you if you could see how these guys are off air, you would love them even more. You know what I mean? So a shout out yep. to everyone that was out there at the Waterburger Fan Fest. It was it was a, a blast, man. It was hot. Yeah, I could tell. I saw all the stuff on Twitter, man. Man, I, I like say they they talk about first impressions. So you try to run out there real quick, yeah. throw on a little, throw, throw on a little a sports coat, and then you're just like, man, I just need to take one picture with Orbit, and, and this <laughs> thing's coming off. I felt like a Kalachi. <laughs> I bet, dude. It has just been scorching the last few days. Man. I, it's a hundred every day. Man, I don't know. I don't know how people do it because. It, it's tough. Like people that are out there doing some some digging ditches, you know. What I mean, whatever it is that they're doing, uh, roofers. Yeah, oh man. Like how do roofers do it? It's, I don't know. It's unbearable. You know what I mean? Yeah. How does Orbit do it? Yeah, yeah. The Orbit Orbit's got to be hot in there. Orbit too, was man. hot. It even looked like he was sweating on the outside. Like it was he <laughs> he was hot. But anyways, we got a ton to talk about. A ton of football. The preseason started, so there's some takeaways. I try not to go too deep into, especially the first game. Maybe more towards the second and then the third game for sure, the preseason, because then you see maybe a half of the t- a first team. But for right now, a lot of these offenses or just teams, period. Let's say the Rams, for example, they didn't have any starters or any backups, but two. They had two backups out there. That goes to show you the quality of players they have out there. Nowadays, teams don't care to show anything. No. It, they get a lot of their work done in the joint practices. You can control that a little better. 
it's just the NFL as we know it now. That's why I really do think we're eventually going to cut down the preseason because you just see so many guys that they're not even playing. It's just a waste of time. Well, let's jump right into the Texans. And yeah. they had their preseason game. What do you make out of the Kiki QT injury? I saw I saw you said uh, you tweeted that you didn't have a problem with him playing. So I didn't, and you know, I didn't want to come off as insensitive, but really my theory is if he doesn't have the DNA to play in the NFL, you'd rather know now than into the season so you can start making other plans. If, if you can't count on him, you'd rather know sooner than later. So hopefully he'll be okay. I don't think it's a serious injury, but – he didn't play a lot last year. He needs reps. You know, he's he's not a number one overall pick or anything like that. Like, he needs to get out there and play. And it's a shame that he got hurt. And well, the kick return. Did you see that? That yeah. was that was ugly. Um, but no, I didn't have a problem with him playing. I, I saw a lot of people taking shots at Bill O'Brien on Twitter for playing him. But you got to know what you have with this guy. You got to play him. He, you, he gets paid to play football. You have to. A lot of people try to say they know what they have with him. They don't know. No. They don't know. And one thing that. We don't know as well as will the Texans ever have a solid number two? I think that can be fuller when he's healthy. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, the talent is there at the two, but will they be healthy enough to – I'd hate to w- see Watson's career never having that extra because and, – and also that speaks volume of Hopkins yeah. because he still gets his being that that lone wideout that, that teams can target, the teams that can put a shutdown, lockdown uh, a corner. Yeah, not not on Hopkins, and he has so much more room when Will Fuller's on the field, you know, and pulling the safeties back, and that gives Hopkins a, a lot more space to operate. So let's hope Will Fuller is is good to go this year, and you know, so far so good. Knock on wood, but you know, QT, I'm a I'm a little concerned, man. He just he didn't have a history of getting hurt a lot at Texas Tech, so I'm you know I'm trying to kind of figure out what's going on with that. And with the you know the Texans medical staff, you know you're just kind of wondering like, is this the Warriors well, yeah. medical staff, <laughs> right? But now you talk about space and whatever Will Fuller can create. Well, more space is going to be available now with the addition of Duke Johnson. Yes. What was your first thoughts? I I, I like the move. Uh, the the timing of it was a little odd to me. I thought like maybe you keep Foreman on the team to at least play a little bit in the preseason. So maybe. He, he gets a little value, right? Maybe you can trade him instead of just cutting him, but that's not what they decided to do. I, I like the Duke Johnson trade. You know, the, the guy I think this is going to help the most is maybe Deshaun Watson. You know, if, you know, you saw what Cam Newton, how much it helped him with McCaffrey coming out of yeah, the Yeah, the running quarterback needs yeah. that extra option, especially yes. when you're one that creates on the go. If you have to extend plays, right. usually when you extend, that running back breaks free, and you can sometimes just dump it off, and I love it. But, okay, let's talk about the domino effect. Let's start from where he left, and then we'll go to where he is now and that how it affects other players. So what does that do to, let's say, uh, Nick Chubb? I think his value goes up a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to put him in the first round now, but you know I'm going to give him a slight uptick. Here's the thing, though, is they have a running back named Dontrell Hilliard with the Browns, and he caught a couple passes with the first-team offense. So I think they're still going to use him. And I think that's yeah. a, that was the plan, the backup plan, kind of yes. like, okay, well, we got this guy that maybe can fill and, and not going to say, oh, yeah, he's going to fill Duke Johnson's spot because right. he's one of the best catching backs in the league. He is. But – if they have another plan in, in place and Duke Johnson was already giving them trouble, now some were saying that he was maybe faking that injury because he didn't want to go out there. But <laughs> Freddie Kitchens came out and defended him and yeah. said that that's not the kind of guy he is. Well, that's good because, first of all, the Texans don't need another guy with hamstring issues, my lord. And 
you know, we want him to be a high character guy. You want guys that want to play football and don't don't get all upset because things aren't going exactly how they want it to go. So I, I think with Nick Chubb, you give him a, a little elevate his value a little bit, but I don't think not a full round. I don't think like I've heard a lot of people debate: Would you put Chubb over Le'Veon Bell now after this trade? Wow, yeah. And I think I'd still take Levy on just because of the pass catching. And also because of the season that's going to be shortened somewhat as far as attempts once Kareem Hunt comes back. Right. At the end of the day, you have a guy that led the league in rushing, and he's going to come back. They're going to see what Kareem Hunt can do, and especially if they know that they lost their pass catching back, which Kareem Hunt is could do both. He's really good at that. And let's be real, that's going to be the final stretch of your fantasy season is when Kareem Hunt's going to be coming back, and Nick Chubb's, you know, he's not going to be most likely as productive when you're coming on the fantasy playoffs because he's going to have to split that workload. So that's something to consider. And then I hear a lot of people like Kareem Hunt is getting drafted in like the eighth or ninth round in a lot that's of leagues. Insane. I mean, are you really going to roster this guy for half a season? And if you do that to each his own, but make sure that you have solid like uh, for sure. And OK, there's nothing for sure, let's say, in fantasy, but you your your risk is less when on your on your initial picks if you're going to start taking chances with those middle round picks chances that you don't know what's going to happen no and if you get an injury early in the year Kareem Hunt's going to be one of the first guys you cut because you know you're not going to be able to use him for eight games. So for, sure. for me, the only reason to get Hunt is maybe if, if you spend an early pick on Chubb and you just want to lock up that backfield and you know not worry about it. But otherwise, I guarantee you the guy that takes him in the eighth or ninth round is going to cut him by like week three, and you can just come pick him up. I just thought of the best fantasy name, Hunting for Chubb. <laughs> Hunting for Chubb. Hunting for Chubb. <laughs> now let's look at average draft position for what it did to Duke Johnson. If you look like, uh, let's say, uh, August 5th timeline, he was going 14-5, 14-4, somewhere around there. He shot up now all the way to in the 12th round. Whew. I think that's fair. I'd probably take him in maybe the 10th or something like that. I, I was just going to say, I'm gonna, I'll am i take a chance on him. Yeah. Now, let's be real here. We can't just live in a fantasy world. We're not playing in a video game world where you can just start plugging players in like, oh, he's a pass catching back. That's going to work. And I, I had a post earlier this week where I said, you know, what works? A lot of people said, well, James White. And they start using like the Patriots backfield, right. for example. And you're thinking – these are completely different schemes. You, you, we, we spoke about how Bill O'Brien runs this, the most. He's the heaviest run team on second and 10 after an incompletion, yep. which is terrible yes. because that makes it puts them in bad predicament. It puts them in a predicament where, say, they run it there. Now they're in third and long for whatever reason. He's trying to get to that third and seven while some teams are throwing there. Yeah. We talked about matchups. What do the Patriots do? They're able to beat you with matchups. They're able to run out there and use – Use whatever schematic offense to, to to have a running back matched up on your linebacker all of a sudden. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. Now, can Bill O'Brien and the Texans staff use some kind of different – because, okay, Duke Johnson was a third-down guy mostly in, 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 in Cleveland. But if you look at his yards per carry, it's pretty high. It is. And I think they're going to lean on him even more with QT out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're gonna they're gonna have to use Duke. And and nowadays, whenever you have a real good pass catching back, you'll line them at a receiver sometimes. Absolutely. Put them in the slot. You'll see Le'Veon Bell sometimes out there. Yep. So I'm interested to see what the Texans do. Now we might be asking a lot to 
if I ever see Duke Johnson lined out at wide receiver for the Texans, then things are changing. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's get off from Lamar Vanilla Miller. He, he might get you there, but he's not going to win you it. You know what I mean? No. And how many times have we seen the Patriots kill the Texans with little wheel routes? You and know, that's, to white, it'd be nice for us to do that to somebody. It's all mismatches. Yeah. It's all mismatches. We talk about 12 personnel, getting two tight ends out there because yep. at 12 personnel, most people run. Yep. But if you have two tight ends that can catch, it makes it unpredictable, therefore creating mismatches. And that's what you're looking for. Now the Texans have that. It's about how do they use it. What happens when you see Duke Johnson in the backfield on second down? Because he can. He has a high yard per carry average yeah. and he can can he block yeah he's actually pretty good at that too and I that was his, an yeah. issue with foreman right his pff grade was extremely high is what yes. i saw for blocking so he can be on the field he can't he's just not that big so you worry if they send one of those big boys at him you know if, he, if he's the only guy back there if if he can handle himself Speaking of big boys, I have a big play, and it goes off at 10.30, English Premier League. We'll get to that when we get back. We're going to drop money all throughout this show. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713 780 3776, where we are going to celebrate on this Sunday morning. Mama, we made it. It's been a year. At Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Go ahead and reach out if you want to be in the Fantasy Football Leagues. We have some news about that. Tell them, tell them a little bit about it. We are going to be out at Twin Peaks on August 23rd. We're going to have the draft there live. So Jerry and I are going to be there. We're going to draft with 10 listeners, put our fantasy teams together, and, man, we're we're going to go for the trophy, man. We're going to try and beat these guys, and they're they're going to try and beat us. It's going to be great. I believe it's going to be at 7 p.m., and that's a Friday night, the 23rd. It's the Twin Peaks out on 290, so come hang out with Moneyline, and we'll drink some beers, and we'll draft some football teams. So I posted it on the Moneyline Twitter page. It was posted, and it's almost filled. Yeah. So for today... And we'll start it in this next segment. We'll take two entries to that. And this is, we know, we've been advertising that we're going to have our, we had them last year. And so this is kind of separate. This kind of came along to the station as a whole. Yeah. A, a, a lot of the shows are going to be doing their own fantasy drafts at the same, uh, the, the Twin Peaks, uh, Twin Peaks thing. But, uh. This one is in particular is going to be different because they're hosting it for us. You know, we're just yeah. we're bringing our league there. So I, I imagine it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And we still will have our other one. And I think it'll be at probably St. Arnold's. I'm going to reach out to them again. And okay. I, we like the setup. Yeah, it was great. But this one's it just this one's different. It just came up on us. So if you're out there wondering, like, hey, I hit y'all up. Why didn't, why didn't y'all put me in this one? This one's a little bit separate of what we do. But if you want in this one, if you've called up here before and gave us your name, it's going to be at the Northwest uh, location, right? The north yep. off the Northwest Freeway. Yep. If you can make it out there on the twenty third, seven to nine, 
Make sure you hit us up today because we're going to take two guys for that. We're pretty much full, so we're going to take two right now and see where we're at after that. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be fun. And this, we're going to do it online, you know, through ESPN, but it's still an in person draft. So, you know, you can make your pick on your phone, but everybody will be there in person. So, this is just a draft for, we want people to actually be there. So, we're going to try and fill the league with people that, that will be there, you know, bring some of your friends, drink some beer. Have some great food. Hang out at Twin Peaks. Hey, scenic views. What could you ask for? Speaking of scenic views, there's some things that you can't unsee. <laughs> and the feet of Antonio Brown, and that's that's a name that's been popping up in the wrong way, let's say, for the last week now. The soap opera, I would say, starts now, but it, let's say it continues. Yes. What? Do we do with Antonio Brown? Oh, man. I'm starting to worry about him. If he's got some kind of mental illness or something, or he's taking too many hits to the head, like he's acting crazy and getting frostbite in the cryo tank. Yeah, let's start there. For not not wearing socks when they tell you, it's like, you know, have something covering your privates and something covering your feet. And he just didn't do it and got frostbite on his feet. And man, frostbite can last for a while. And that's just that's just dumb. Why, why would you do that? Dumb is pulling up in that hot air balloon, yes. knowing you're not even going to go out there and participate. Let's think about that aspect yes. now. He was never going to participate, and he pulls up in a hot air balloon. Sometimes you just have to abort mission hot air balloon, right? <laughs> not for him. It, like, he's just kind of he's dense, man. Something's going on there. Man, John Gruden has got to be so upset with all the money they gave him and traded for him and now he's going to miss time for frostbite on his feet. Man, and you know Gruden, he's not a guy that's real patient with this kind of stuff. So imagine what is him and Mike Mayak are talking about, you know, behind closed doors. And do you see he went like radio silent for a while, like the team didn't even know where he was and no. they couldn't communicate with him. That's just the start of it. So now let's get into what's going on now. The man is threatening retiring because he has to switch helmets. It's insane. It's a helmet. Just use another one. He's for whatever comfort. There's over 30 helmets he can choose out of. Now, the stories are coming out and going back to minicamp. Supposedly, he ran out there with the helmet. They warned him, hey, you can't do that. He goes off. He starts going on a on a on a rampage, just rant and telling everyone I'm going to wear this. Take me off the field. Then so they let him. They're like, "Okay, it's minicamp. Yeah. Next day, he runs out there. He still has it on, and they tell him, hey, this can't happen again. He leaves the field that day saying, Tom Brady has his own helmet. Yeah. Well, then that day, supposedly Tom Brady comes out, and he posts, hey, this is going to be my new helmet. It's approved by the NFL. So, Uh yeah, equipment manager and them, the staff, they send that to Antonio Brown on a message from what I'm hearing. And the next day, he shows up to practice. And he runs out on the field without talking really to anyone. So they're like, man, Antonio's acting weird. You know, like when the dog poops in the house and, <laughs> and you come to – you get home and you go to pet him and you're like, why are you acting weird? Uh-huh. So they go talk to Antonio Brown and the man painted over the helmet to make it look like one of the proof helmets. <laughs> he went to the extremities of painting the old helmet to make it look like the approved helmet. What is going on? Dude, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to be targeting him in my fantasy drafts. That's for sure, man. Like, 
that that is so scary. And he's going yeah, round pick twenty two. So you'd have to spend a second round pick on him. I'm not doing it. What I, do you, I'm worried. What do you make out of his last tweet? I love the game. I love the hustle. Youngin got dough. He can lead the league. But if I leave, will the fans still love? Uh, was a still fans gonna love me, man? I'm sorry. That's the way it read. Hashtag paid in full. I have trouble reading his tweets. Yeah, I I can imagine. It really worries me. It looks like he, he is acting like a baby. This song is perfect. He's threatening to retire if he can't use the helmet he wants to use. You're going to leave that much money on the table over a helmet? If he retires, the Brown uh, the the Brown would only be owed $1 million, right? And unless Oakland would, could capture the that signing bonus from the, yeah. the contract from the Steelers, right? But then he would lose 14.6 next year, and then he would lose that 14.5 that he would get. So... He think he's a, he's made over seventy two million though in his career. Does he? How much of that money does he still have? He seems like a guy that's been kind of spending some of that yeah, money on blonde dye for his mustache. Now let's look at the overall timeline with him. When did it fall apart, or when has it always been this way? And because he's a star player, it's been kind of hidden. Because let's think back to the time and when he was on the Steelers that I love, that are that are true to my heart and yep. close to it, and. That man was showing video inside the locker room, something that is frowned upon. Yeah. Videoing Mike Tomlin without him knowing. I mean, that was a big one right there, man. That just showed me that, you know, he's all about self-promotion. Remember he went on that show, The Masked Singer or whatever, a few months ago? and It's everything but football with this guy. Right and then now. he was already saying he didn't need football. So yeah. that right there was a flag saying, man, what are we doing here? Yeah, and I mean, forcing his way out, freaking out over his contract, and that's that's why he wanted that new deal. That's why he had to get out of Pittsburgh, because they didn't want to give him a new deal. So you go through all that trouble, and then now you're threatening to retire? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, where do they go from here? Because some are saying that there's a dreaded five-day letter that teams can give you. Once you get that five-day letter, if you don't report, then, then repercussions will be, be had. And yeah. at this point... If he keeps doing this, they, they're going to have to serve him with something. They are, but they're going to hold off as long as they can. I mean, they look ridiculous. And how great is this that Hard Knocks is going on right now? So you have you have HBO there for all of this drama. Boy, they picked the right team, didn't they? Over, under, or let's say if, uh, as a betting, from a betting perspective, who has more uh, catches or passes to receptions? Their sons, because you saw them throwing the ball back and forth in, in hard knocks, or is it going to be these two guys? Because at this point, I don't know what we're going to see here. With the offseason, with a, with a new team, you know, not so much. Oh yeah, let's say new team because there's so many different offensive weapons on that wide receiver group now. Yeah. They need reps. They need to, 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 to gain that trust in each other to see what the – and they're not going to do this. I mean, yeah. did you see Carr in that, that hard knocks – I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched no. it? He, he just, I don't know what to take of it. It's just, I don't know if he's trying too hard on there to be like, because he knows the cameras are rolling, you know, and then at one point there's no crying in football, and I'm thinking, you cry? Yeah, I, I've i heard Carr is coming off kind of like a super geek. Is that true? Yeah, he is, <laughs> but, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's trying to, I don't know, I don't know if this is really him or if, if the cameras are just rolling or what. Either way, he's, Car's got to be upset, man. Antonio Brown, you're just like, really? I have to deal with this now? Ugh. Like, I know he's a great player, but the <laughs> guy has frostbite on his feet. You can't make this stuff up. And you can't make up the way that Gruden, I don't know, somebody, he, who wrote this for him, but he, it was it was 
practice. I saw this. It was It good. was practice. And this is the way that Hard Knock started with a little speech from Coach John Gruden. Everybody right now has dreams, don't they, guys? All right, everybody in the NFL, I have a dream of making it in the NFL. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. You guys with me on that? So you got to end somebody's dream. You got to take their job. You got to take their heart. Are you guys clear about this NFL now? We're not trying to go to the Peach Bowl. We're not trying to go to the Gator Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Bowl. We're trying to go to the Super Bowl. Regulators! Yeah. It sounds like the intro to a, a rap song, <laughs> right? Mount up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need to make a remix to that right there because that's what it sounded like to me. Dude, Some we forget how good a lot of these coaches are at you know, hyping people up. And, you know, we know that that's kind of their job. But, you know, you just have to think, like, Gruden sat down and wrote that. You know, at some point, he came up with that nightmare thing and the dream thing. And it's great. It's fantastic. One thing that I came up with right now, and it's about to kick off, take the over one Chelsea Man United kicking off their seasons in the English Premier League. I'm taking over one in the first half. The game's going to be tight. The American Golden Boy isn't out there to start, which I hate to see, but he's going to have to grow in this league. You're listening to Moneyline, and we're going to keep growing on you on ESPN 97.5. Yeah. Let me love you, show me how, lift me up, I'll hold you down, my love is real, I know you need it, I know you crave You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Fire up those barbecue pits. Throw the charcoal in there right now because it's a party. We made it one year. Thank you all. Shout out to Donna R. off of Twitter. Happy anniversary, you guys. Love the show. Keep up the great job. We appreciate you out there because it's because of you that we're able to stay on air. And hopefully you guys keep listening. Hopefully we can keep putting money in your guys' pockets and some laughs because that's what we try to do every single Sunday. We we carry the, 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 the sports disease that the rest of this station in particular carries we do we do it in with a twist we do every day 7 a.m we start local programming and we do it with a different twist so all those people that are listening even are people from out of town that got people that follow just uh say the bookie busters and aren't from here and aren't familiar with the radio that we do here at this station use that same app link and I'm telling you right now, tune in Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m., and you'll see a different twist that's put on by the guys here because it's it's to me it's that's where radio should be. Yeah, man, I, I feel like we have the the best station with the most talent. I feel like we have an all star team with the, the guys that do radio at this station. So it's really cool to you know get to come here and work with these guys every day. It's like the Astros lineup from top to oh, bottom. Man, did you see what they did yesterday? My lord, we're just gonna put twenty something runs up on you. No big deal. It's incredible. What do you guys think? Um, I know it's World Series. We're bust now, but if yeah. they get to the World Series and don't win it for whatever reason, are people going to look at this like it was like, you know what I mean? Was it a failure? I'm not saying I do. You know what I mean? I'm just saying overall, like, because I don't, it, how do you beat that team in a series? It's going to be tough, but the Yankees are good. You know, they, they've got a great record too. So it, it won't be easy. 
Uh, people will look at it as a failure, but it's baseball. And yeah. just because of the nature of the sport and the randomness that happens, the best teams of all time had 20, 25% chances of winning the World Series at their peaks, you know? Yep. So will fans be mad at them if they don't win? Probably, because that's what fans do. But in reality, they shouldn't be. And yeah. the Dodgers, if you get to that point, they're beating up on people over in the NL. And I know that people have gotten sort of bored with them because they've been to the World Series three years in a row and they haven't done anything. But they've got a damn good team over there in L.A. And that shows you, to your point, Andrew, they've been to the World Series three years in a row and still haven't come away with it. So we remember that Atlanta Braves team with John Smoltz and Maddox and Glavin. They only won it once out of all the times they went. So, man, it's baseball. Anything can happen. So what do you make of Jordan? Because oh man, at first people were saying, man, the hype, it's hype. You know, let's see. But what he's doing, if that's hype, then the hype that they put around, let's say, Aaron Judge, because if you look at their their numbers this many games in, he's he's smashing them. Yeah. If you look at the list, I saw that, I mean, they got him up there with the fastest to 50 RBIs with, I mean, names that are ridiculous, you know what I mean? And it's just at this point, the hype is real. Oh, man. Yeah, he's going to be rookie of the year. He, I got to go to the game the other day when Garrett Cole pitched. I think it was on Wednesday, the day game. And when Jordan hits, it's like another level with how quickly that the ball comes off his bat. And you know, like you immediately notice it. And that's with him playing with guys like Bregman and Correa and all these other great hitters. And you you notice with Jordan, there's that little extra something on it. When he hits the ball, it it gets smoked. And he smoked them yesterday. Yeah. Three of them. Shoot. I mean, and these aren't cheapies that are just scraping over the fence. I mean, he is blasting the ball. Who scores more points? Week one, Texans or <laughs> yesterday, Astros? Wow. And don't sleep on the Texans week one, straight up. A lot yeah. of people out there are saying the Texans are, like, they're respecting, I guess, the Saints for whatever reason, which, yeah, I, not, okay, let me, let me reword that. I know the reasons that we're respecting the Saints, but early season Saints isn't, Let's not forget what happened last year with Fitzpatrick, yeah. Fitzmagic. That's where it all started. It was week one. They lost to Tampa, right? So, yeah. You know, that can happen. They're maybe not, you know, into it yet. They're kind of getting to their stride. It's early in the year. So maybe that is a good time to, to try and get them. But let's remember, too, the Texans usually start slow also. So And it's on the road in New Orleans on Monday Night Football. So that means... Everybody in that dome in New Orleans is going to be drinking all day, getting ready for that game. It is going to be loud. Look, I'm excited. And remember, there's there's two Monday night games. The Texans have the early one. so But still, they have all day to drink for, for Monday night football. So I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of points in that game. You know, to your question, will it be more than the 23 the Astros scored yesterday? I think it probably will. I think, I think the Texans are going to have to put up some points because – Man, I know what Drew Brees is going to do to the Texans secondary. And, you know, we'll get into the preseason game with the Texans. And, you know, the cornerback play is going to be a little sketchy. We'll see We'll see how they, they go and if, how they adjust. You know, hopefully Jonathan Joseph can give us one more good year because they're going to need him. Big time. 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on the show, if you want to talk anything Texans, if you want to talk anything preseason, if you have some fantasy questions, I know that we've gotten them on the Moneyline uh, Twitter account. Yeah. People saying, hey, what are some sleepers? We're going to get into some of those. Some guys that I think are getting overdrafted, some that are getting undervalued. There's a little bit of both on the, uh, that on both sides, but... 
I want to also get into fantasy advice. Ten mistakes that happen because everyone's getting into their draft mode right now, right? So yeah. not even just ten. Let's say a, a X amount right now. Let's go. Let's say a, not staying true to your fantasy ranking sheet. So you do all this research, right? And then once you get in there, you're in that war room, and all of a sudden you start doing things that you didn't plan on, right? And yeah. it happens all the time. It does. It's, it does. It's easy to get off course. How do you avoid that, though? Try and stay with your process. And my advice to everybody is do a ton of mock drafts. You know, I, it's up on SportsMap, by the way. I, I did my column, Mock My Mock. It's my first one of the year. I drafted from the number one spot, and then I take you through the whole mock draft and kind of tell you why I took certain players at certain positions. And it, it's a good way. If you don't have time to go participate in a bunch of mock drafts, it's a quick read, and it'll, it'll you'll get some benefits out of it. But, man, do a lot of mock drafts because if – if you've done several of those before, you know, it's a real draft and the bullets are really flying, you've been in those scenarios before. So you know how to handle, you know, situations when guys get drafted where you don't expect them to get drafted. And then you're kind of put, you know, in a tricky situation to where you didn't see this coming. And in the moment, you have to make a rash decision and then it bites you. So if you've been through that before and you've seen kind of the unexpected weird picks, you'll know how to handle that when the real draft comes around. Another common mistake you see that people make in fantasy drafts i know the nfl is a copy league copycat league but that doesn't mean you have to be a copycatter as far as drafting and usually it happens let's say when that first quarterback comes off the board. yeah then people start saying well i gotta get a quarterback sometime soon or when that defense comes off the board then that opens up the world of defenses make sure that you don't do that don't follow suit if because if people start drafting quarterbacks early you could take advantage of that and dominate the middle rounds. Yes. So make sure that you don't follow suit just because someone starts drafting a position. Right. And, you know, the only way where I would go against that advice is if you're in like a two-quarterback league. Then for sure. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to start flying off the board and you got to get yourself a decent one. So sometimes, sometimes you do have to jump in on that run and get your guy. And then sometimes it's smart to let everybody else do that and then you collect value at other positions. Another fantasy tip, don't lose track of what's going on around you. Know yeah. the tendencies of the players. Know what they have on their particular team already. Now, if you're online, it's a little easier because they have the menu and you can go and look at all the teams before the, before it comes to you. You're already yep. playing. But in a live draft, it's easy to get uh, it's easy to get distracted. You know how it is. You take your pick, and all of a sudden there's a round of shots getting yep. bored. All of a sudden someone's out there making some noise. All of a sudden the crawfish comes out. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, whatever the case is, all of a sudden you're like, is it my pick again? And you're yep. like, wow. And then you didn't realize who was picked four picks before you. You don't realize uh, what the teams behind you don't have. Say you have a pick. Say you're the 10th p- p- team in the 12-man league, so you're about to get a pick and within four again. You didn't get to research the people behind you saying, okay, I don't have to take a chance here. I'd rather check it here because these guys already have quarterbacks or the tight ends or whatever the example may be. So make sure you know what's going on around you. Yeah, look ahead. You know, be thinking a couple moves down the line. And you're right, especially if you're drafting at the turn. You know, you're around pick 11, pick 12, or if you're pick one or pick two. Know who the people drafting around you have on their team. Like Jerry said, if you know they already have a quarterback – then you don't need to take your quarterback with that pick. Take you know a running back or receiver, and then when that pick comes back around, then you then you can take a quarterback because 
and that's the other thing with draft value, right? It's not a reach if you want a particular player and you know he's not going to be there the next time you draft. You know what I mean? So even if you know he's pick 68 ADP and you take him at 65, if he's not going to be there when you pick again and you really want that player, go ahead and take him. And if you're at the top or the bottom of the rounds, that's right. when you most have to do it because you're thinking – it's tough whenever yeah. you have that number one pick and you're thinking, man, this thing's not going to come back for a long time. I hate yes. that feeling, right? Me too. And that's in my mock, my mock. I picked from the number one spot. Next segment, we'll get into that a little bit. I'll tell you some of the positives and some of the negatives from drafting in that number one spot. I can't wait. You heard it right here from Josh. Everyone's favorite segment, Mock My Mock, next on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. That's the spot. That's the jam. 713-780-3776. This is where we try to put money in your pocket every single Sunday. And it's about to get rocking because football is back during football. Right now, you're probably thinking, is this the way you guys vibe out? During football, it's hectic in here. It's hectic between the injury updates, between getting all the fantasy plays out there, between getting the picks out there, between the, the fantasy starting sit-ems. We run out of time. We do, and we have to give out you know the gambling picks too. So um, there's a lot to get to. I like this time of year because we, we can talk a ton of football, but it, the games haven't started yet, the real games, so we don't have to run through everything so fast so we can kind of take our time. And what we were talking about, we kind of teased last segment, was I, I put out my first Mock My Mock, my article I do on Sports Map. Everybody go check out Sports Map. That's where Jerry's bookie busters are. That's where my fantasy content is. And we're just we're going to keep putting that stuff up as we get closer to football season. But uh, I drafted in the number one spot in my mock. And uh, so let me get into that right here. Mock My Mock with Josh Jordan. All right. All right, let's get into this thing. I took the number one overall pick. My next article, I'll probably pick like pick six, something like that, to draft right in the middle of the round. And then the article after that one, I'll pick at like 11 or 12 just to give you an idea of which players will be there at which spots. And the objective of this, keep keep in mind out there, because a lot of times you're, you're thinking to yourself, if I, if I did have the number one draft pick, and some of you already know, hey, I got the number one pick this year, this will give you a, a kind of an image of who will be available when it comes back to you on that turn, exactly. who will be available in that third round, and why he did it. And I love this, so let's get into it. All right, let's do it. With my first pick, I took Alvin Kamara, and I saw some comments. People were kind of surprised. I went with Kamara. A lot of people, hey, why aren't you taking Saquon Barkley? Uh, Zeke Elliott, I'm kind of staying away from until he reports to camp. So I'm not, not rolling with him right now. So for me, it was really just Kamara or you know Christian McCaffrey. That's who I really like. And this is for a PPR league, by the way. So I'm going to value the catches a little, a little more highly than in a typical standard league. And here's why I went with Kamara and why McCaffrey would be a good pick too. Here's why I'm not taking Saquon first. And that's because there's a tendency for these superstar running backs after their huge rookie years to have a sophomore slump. It happens more than you think. Like, think about Zeke Elliott, for example. 
he didn't even get a thousand rushing yards in his second year. Now, some of that was because of the suspension, but either way, he didn't come through for you. Todd Gurley, remember how great he was his rookie year. And then his second year, he wasn't nearly as good. In let's see, in 2016, he only had 885 rushing yards with 3.2 yards per attempt. For Gurley, I mean, that's terrible. And part of that was, remember, the Rams were awful as an offense that year. This is before the high-flying Rams that we know now. So it kind of worries me that on a team where the offense isn't that good, that they can kind of load the box up on him. Another example, Leonard Fournette last year. Remember, he was going in the back of the first round. He had a terrible second year. Part of that, not a lot of talent around him, right? So it makes me worry a little bit with Saquon because – you know, we know Golden Tate's going to be suspended. Odell's gone. It worries me a little bit that that offense isn't going to be very good. So I'm thinking, I like Saquon Barkley. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like Kamara and McCaffrey are safer. They've done it for longer and better offenses, and I feel like the Saints are an elite offense. So that's why I took Kamara. Can defenses plan against Saquon now? Can they load up boxes? Because yeah. what do you fear on the offensive side as Not far much. as receiver options? And don't get me wrong. The rookie looked good yeah. in his little outing, but again, I don't want to put too much emphasis on what goes on in this first preseason game. What'd you do on the turn? All right, so with my next pick, this is where I kind of really got into it. I wanted a receiver, so I ended up taking Mike Evans, and there were some other options there. And in a PPR, Evans, he's not a guy that catches 100 balls, but he had 1,500 yards last year with eight touchdowns. Man, if he just gets to double-digit touchdowns, he's going to be huge this year. You know Bruce Arians loves to push the ball down the field. Deshaun Jackson's gone, so I think Mike Evans is going to be more of the deep threat, uh, the deep threat this year. So I, I took Mike Evans there, and I, I'm fine with that pick. Some of the other guys that were there, I could have gone after Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen. That was a possibility. Damian Williams, T.Y. Martin. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys heard this with Damian Williams. Andy Reid came out on Sirius Radio the other day and said it's going to be more of a running back by committee approach with the Chiefs running backs and that's different right just a few weeks ago he was saying that Damian Williams is the starter and that's their guy they gave him that new contract in the offseason but Williams is struggling with a hamstring injury he's not able to get back so Andy Reid is I think in his mind like hey maybe we can't count on this guy you know from a health perspective so it might be a committee there so be careful with Damian Williams there's a lot of question marks in that range and that's when around if has somebody taken a chance on Travis Kelsey at that point if they have then like you said there's question marks Damian Williams Antonio Brown Thielen Gordon yes T.Y. Hilton, and but you can maybe get him on the turn because keep in mind you're going to have two back to back picks here. So exactly. how'd you how'd you do that? I just for just to try it, I wanted to take one of the elite tight ends and see what my team looked like. Okay, so I took Zach Ertz right there, right after Mike Evans, and he and he was the first tight end taken off the board. No, he was the last one. Kittle and uh, Kelsey were already gone. So I was like, if I want one of these elite tight ends, I got to take him here because you know how long it's going to be till I get to pick again after you know that that turn right there. So I just wanted to see what my team would look like by taking Zach Ertz, so that's what I did. And to give you guys a picture of how quick tight ends are going to be taken, because, again, it's a copycat league. People yes. are going to look last year. They're going to say, man, I saw Kelsey go off. Man, I say, oh, here, here, George Kittle, Kittle yes. go off, right? But if you really look at where they should be going, you don't see Kittle going off until about that 35th overall pick, third round, and Ertz right around there in the third round. But if people are taking them, again, that way, and you wanted to see what your team would look like with an elite tight end, you had to take your chance here because if not, you're not going to see a pick for 20 more picks, right. basically around so yeah you have to take them there I had to so now, how'd you fill the rest though. yeah for sure how'd you fill the rest of it out I, I 
I, I didn't really love taking Ertz there. Now, don't get me wrong. You have a huge advantage if you have one of the elite tight ends. I mean, they produce like top 10 receivers, and everybody else's tight end is you're just going to hope they catch a touchdown. It, you know, it's pretty ugly at tight end after the top three guys. But my next pick there, I, like, I, I didn't love it, but I ended up going with Kenny Galladay as my number two wide receiver. And then I ended up with my flex. I took Cooper Cup, which I'm okay with Cooper Cup at my flex. I think he's going to bounce back from the ACL. We know Goff looks for him in the red zone. You know, he's the he's that dude. So, But I, I really don't think I have a great number two receiver. So if I had to do it over again, I might have taken Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper or T.Y. Hilton there so that my two receivers would be Evans and, you know, Keenan Allen maybe. And then I'd have Kamara as my number one running back. At which point you would probably wait later to tight ends, right? Because the three guys, once those three guys are gone, please wait, people, because the the drop-off is significant. And what you can get out of a tight end five through ten, I think it was like a 2.1 point difference last year. Don't. Don't gamble so much. Look for at that point for guys that can be high upside, guys that can be a top five uh, tight end on any given week. For example, Evan, Evan Ingram, he's been a top five guy five times since 2017. Just to give you a, a, a measure, Ertz has only done it five times. Yeah, and what's interesting is you're going to have to spend, like you're seeing Ingram start to creep up into the fourth round in some drafts because some people – think he's a little closer to that top tier than others the other guy going in that range around the fifth round is oj howard so if you like him but you're not able to wait that long if you want one of those guys and i'd almost rather pay a third round pick for one of the elite guys than pay a fourth round pick for evan ingram or oj howard all right let's let's hear the rest of this yeah let's get to the rest of it so those those are most mostly my starters there next i needed to fill my running back right so i got lamar miller with that next pick so i don't mind lamar miller in the fifth sixth round if if you need him to be your number two running back and to be clear this was before the duke johnson trade and after foreman was cut so to me miller's value was a little higher at that point because it seemed like miller was going to get the whole workload but now that duke johnson's here i think that's going to change a little bit so i went and addressed it there. So my starters, Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay at receiver, Alvin Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara, Lamar Miller at running back, Zach Ertz at tight end, and my flex is Cooper Cup. I waited and waited and waited forever for my quarterbacks, man. Like I waited a long time. So I got, I ended up getting Lamar Jackson in round twelve. And then just in case he flames out, I got Tom Brady in round 13. Who's that? Yeah, I know, right? And I like Brady a lot more, but man, he just doesn't have a lot of help around him. You know, it's Edelman and a whole bunch of, I don't know, you know, James White, obviously. So that's kind of how I built the team. And what I do like about Lamar Jackson, we have to remember that that Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator now for the Ravens. And, you know, remember he was the OC for the 49ers when Kaepernick was the quarterback. So this guy knows how to get a lot out of running quarterbacks. So I like that for Lamar. Lamar Jackson's upside, and I've heard he's looked really good this offseason. There you have it, folks. That's basically just to kind of give you an image, a perception of what would happen if you do take one of the elite tight ends. What happens if tight ends do get overdrafted, and then you're saying, hey, let me get the last of the elites. So using this, and every week he's going to draft from a different spot because it's not yeah. just a simple saying, hey, in the one, I'm going to pick this one. But True, everything will change, but... What happens if you're in the A spot? A lot of people are saying right now, what happens if I'm in the A spot? Should I go in at the six spot? Should I tap into wide receivers in the PPR? Should yeah. I grab DeAndre Hopkins or should I stick to a running back that can pass and catch? What do we do here? So every single week, 
Mock My Mock with Josh Jordan. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you check it out on Sports Map as well because he has those every single week. During, during football season, it plays real good for DFS as well because he'll have uh, he, he'll have his uh, what, 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 what was it? Under the Radar plays. Under the Radar, yeah. excuse me. Under the Radar plays and he puts those out and we have a Flexi. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's called. It's a Do You Think I'm Flexi basically segment and he, he uh, basically gives all his flex plays for the week and what he thinks about them. So for the DFS purposes, those are guys that you could plug into your lineup. No doubt about it. And as we get closer to football season, I'll, I'll put out some ranks and I'll continue to write this column. And like you said, the, the under-the-radar plays is really similar to the segment we do flexi. It's, you know, do I start this running back or this receiver? You know, those are the tough calls, right? Tough calls. Yeah, we're up 1-0, so we're at least getting a free roll. If somebody would have woke up today and said, Jerry, you get to bet for free. This is a free bet. I would take it. We got, what, about 15, 20 minutes left in the half? Hopefully we could get the other one. Hopefully we could put some money in your pockets. We're halfway there, and I'm going to rip my shirt off this next segment because (laughs) I'm hype. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.